Hello and welcome to Reflections Inside the Greenhouse with Max Media. Come on in, I'm here, back in the greenhouse, and again you are most welcome. Have you been? Well, welcome to you in the United States of America, and to you in Canada, and welcome to you in Ireland, and over in the Philippines, way over in the Philippines. <laughs> I love that, that is remarkable. What a privilege. I count that a privilege to have you join the Greenhouse Reflections from so far afield. And of course, to you, my loyal UK listener, it's always a privilege to have you join and listen to these reflections. Podcasts on any given topic are rife right now. So I count it as an absolute honour that you choose to come here in addition to everything you may have to do, everything else you may have to do. Thank you so much. So how's life? What does life look like for you now? How's work? Is there work? Is work face to face or on Zoom calls? Is work on the road or taking place in the garden, in the kitchen? Where's it taking place? Is it taking place? Has the face and composition of your work life changed or is it back to your regular routine? Have your views changed or been challenged? It's a changing and challenging time that we're living in right now and life's moving at a crazy pace. Sometimes you can be forgiven for feeling like you're in catch up mode. I know I often feel like I'm in catch up mode at the moment. I don't think I've ever prayed the prayer, Lord have mercy, so much as I have this year so far. There's so much to think about, to read about, to hear about and talk about. But my advice is to choose wisely for your own sake. Choose wisely for the sake of your sanity, your mind health. Be selective of what you listen to, who you listen to, what you think about, what you read. Right now, life is a barrage and a tsunami of information and an overload. Maybe that's just me. Maybe, maybe that's just me. Do you feel like that? Maybe it's just me. But it feels like a barrage of information and a lot of it quite negative. But in the midst of all of the negativity or gloom, or possibly as a result of the negativity and the gloom, all of a sudden it feels as though the whole world is crying out for hope and good news for grace and patience and understanding and mercy and crying out for love. It's as if the world has had enough of hate and judgment and criticism and injustices and prejudices and guilt. It feels as though we're in a revolution. You could well be forgiven for believing that what we're currently experiencing is nothing short of a revolution. The world taking a U-turn, spinning and revolving Let's be honest, we need a revolution. We need the solutions. And if you know you're part of the solution and the ultimate solution, then you are a rare and sought after commodity right now. You are a diamond. Yes, you are. Fashioned and formed in the darkness, during the darkness, out of sight, formed under pressure over many years. You're a cultured pearl, secretly formed amidst the irritants of life. 
You're a sower with a handful of good seeds with the words of life in your mouth and you're in great demand. The world needs you. The world needs you. Do you remember that Lord Kitchener picture? The world needs you. The world's crying out for you. The world is groaning for you. I'm convinced that what we're currently experiencing is a groaning world. It's harvest time. It's time, as the old song says, to bring in the sheaves. Mm, that's quite poetic, isn't it? Poetry in motion, all of that. It's inspired lyrics to a new song. Who knows, maybe it's a new song in the making. We really do need a new song. Before I get to composing my new song, I'll share a snippet of my week. I attended unconscious bias training. <laughs> Come again? <laughs> unconscious bias training. So without wishing to insult your intelligence, if you don't know what unconscious bias is, it's kind of a buzzword or term at the moment. Uh, it's a deeply ingrained, learnt stereotype which influences a person's behaviour in the way of social stereotypes about certain groups of people that other people form outside of their own conscious awareness. These biases usually result in distorted perceptions and measurements and distorted observations and unfounded interpretations of those distorted observations. I know, it's a mouthful. Generally, I'd say that we all have them, these unconscious biases, or have all learnt them at some point in some way or other, because that's just the way we're wired. And it's actually a social behaviour concept which I believe needs to be unlearned and deconstructed, if that's even possible, if we're going to move on and live in equity and equality the way that the world appears to want to be at the moment. We really do need help outside of ourselves to do this so, so that we don't fall foul of these biases. So, miracle required. It was felt that there was a desperate need for this seminar to join, or in some cases start, the conversation in light of recent tragic events, specifically spurred on by the Black Lives Matter movement. So whilst unconscious bias is a generic concept, which can relate to gender, race, disability, or class, etc., this particular focus here was on race. So unconscious bias in relation to race as I say, in light of the recent Black Lives Matter movement. But let's face it, as I, as I didn't hesitate to share during the discussion, this is a conversation long overdue, but it's now been forced upon us. And yes, it's uncomfortable and awkward, but it's necessary, it's vital. And whilst we appear to uh, right now have the world's agreement of sorts and attention, then let's grab the bull by the horns and, and, and starting this conversation uh, and, 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 and indeed, starting the conversation forces a retrospect, again, which is opening up old wounds, acknowledging some inaccuracies in our perceptions of world history. And as we are here, as we live here, particularly British history, um, the need to acknowledge and accept the half-truths and recognising, acknowledging and accepting the canyon-sized gaps which exist and prevail and, and being willing to seek out and be educated and informed with the huge missing pieces of this new puzzle we're faced with. 
specific to the institution I'm involved in, this conversation forced and acknowledged uh, some uh, of the unconscious biases that the organisation as a whole has been party to and spurred on by over the years. It forced the need to examine indulged stereotypes and distorted observations uh, and perceptions. It forced the need to examine priorities and privileges and distorted perceptions which had been allowed to influence and fuel everything and anything from decisions, objectives and goals to curriculum and pastoral care. It was a start, a welcome and long overdue start. It's a Goliath and an imminent undertaking, an absolute Goliath. And the topic of allies and the importance of that measure of active support was also explored during this training. Believe me, this is all a good step in the right direction for us. And notwithstanding, in my humble opinion, and generally speaking now, the performative side of being an ally is what we have to go way beyond. We have to go past that. And what I mean when I say the performative side is that the anti-racist efforts and sound bites are on platforms, they're currently on pl platforms, actual platforms and virtual platforms, performing the role of ally, which is seen by everyone. Now, I'm certainly not decrying those efforts. They are courageous and have uh, an element of risk, some of them. However, this move to become an ally requires more than that, more than that, more than a blacked out square on social media feeds or trending hashtags. It has to be a new narrative, a life narrative, and renewed parlance for the prospective ally, which requires those admittedly awkward one-to-one -one conversations that need to take place, whether at the breakfast table, or the breakfast bar, the wine bar, at the coffee shop, over dinner, whether in the restaurant or at home with the family. Essentially ongoing conversations and more importantly in the absence of those who are sought to be allied to. As I say, it's a mammoth task, no easy undertaking. Anyway, all of this means that our minds and thoughts may be, or, or more the case, definitely will be faced with some unpleasant and dark avenues of discovery. But my firm aim, even in the midst of all of this awkward deconstruction and devolving of stories and historical accounts that we are about to be surrounded by, is to pray for God's reassuring peace for my heart and mind, and to center my mind on things that are true and honest and wholesome, things that are admirable and excellent things, things that are hopeful and pleasant, lovely things, things that bring light and life and healing and help and grace. I recommend and pray the same for you too. This approaching revolution is bigger than anything we will ever have experienced. Just like this so-called pandemic, like nothing we've ever experienced, uncharted waters. And like being at sea on an ocean of uncharted waters, it's important to be anchored or moored at certain points and to have a reliable compass which prevents the shipwreck of being tossed adrift. A compass which assists us, in, assists us in navigating those stormy, uncharted waters. Of course, a physical magnetic compass always gives true north as a point of reference. A spiritual compass will have the sun as its true point of reference. And as long as our inner spiritual compass recognizes the sun and guides us from a perspective of the truth of the sun and the power of the sun, 
then these uncharted waters won't seem so daunting. We won't lose our bearings. It will be an adventure, but one which allows our journey to stay on course, resolved and centered in hope and life, in redemption and restorative solutions. So yes, sea voyage metaphors are plenty and even more poetry, I'm unstoppable. (laughs) So lift up your head, be encouraged, be strengthened. God's got this. And more importantly, he's got you. Until next time.